sports heavy episode here so we're gonna start it off with uh with a non-sports episode or non-sports opener uh you have a four car garage and you can fill it with any four cars that you want no price limit what do you choose and aiden i'm gonna start with you all right uh first one i'm gonna go pretty basic here it's gonna be the dodge ram 1500 warlock edition specifically in the gunmetal gray with the black stripe um i think it's like one of those words mean I think it's one of the it's best warlock. looking. It's a it's like a special edition. It's a different trim, um, but what I think Warcraft it's... edition. <laughs> yes, because me of all people would be the one to get the World of Warcraft edition. <laughs> warlock? What are you fighting goblins? Like, what does that mean? I don't know, man. Email email Dodge. Figure it out, man. I I don't know what to tell you. Um, the next one would be the Lamborghini Urus. Is that the way you are us? I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but, um, so it's essentially the Lamborghini SUV. Um, I think it's always good to have an SUV. Plus like if you have a stylish one, like, I don't know if you, do you guys see like the nice, like SUVs, with the blacked out windows, you just like, it's a scary vehicle to look at. Um, yeah, I have one. I'm kidding. <laughs> Not, I don't, I, anyways. Uh, the next one would be the Tesla Model S. So this would just be like a more of like your everyday like grocery store car, just something you could like um, get into and drive really quickly. Because like I don't know about you guys, it's always nice to have something that you're not like worried about leaving in the parking lot. Um, and I mean, obviously, it's still a beautiful car. Like any car is nice, but like um it just comparable to like having any vehicle in your garage i feel like this one would be one that you could drive every day without worry and then last but definitely definitely not least would probably be my favorite vehicle in the garage would be the original batmobile so this being the 1955 uh ford futura so like the one with like the red trim on it you know what i'm talking about Holy smokes, what a sweeper pick, but that might be the steal of the draft here. No foreshadowing, but damn, that's a good one. Ryan and Brady are are, 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 are are quaking in their boots that they didn't think about if they didn't. That's a good pick. Aiden, that's a heck of a lineup, dude. I love the love the Tesla inclusion. Like everyday car. I think it's the best everyday car that you can get. Um, oh yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about gas. So I mean that's a that's a big plus. Yeah. I mean it's 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 three dollars for five hundred kilometers as opposed to um, I don't know, whatever the hell gas prices are at now, like 60 bucks for, for a tank now. So, you know, cost efficient, good for the environment. Brady, how about you? You got, you got four cars lined up or four types of cars or anything? Sure. Uh, um, first one I'm going to go with, um, in honor of my favorite player and athlete, Tom Brady, I got to go the Aston Martin. Um, I looked up different types and I found the DBS super leg Gera. Gera. I, you know how you say that? Uh, Super Legra. That one looked pretty cool. Um, I'd get the Audi, one of the Q series for like the more SUV nice. type. Um, so probably, I don't know, whatever the most recent one is. I don't know. What are they on? Q8 or something? I think so. I've seen I a think. Q7. Okay. Well, let's just say eight. Um, a Tesla for sure. Uh, I don't know what type. Um, what, what, are, 
Aiden say M? Say the model, the model S. So there's like X, Y. S. I, I, there's a three X, Y, and then there's a, um, then there's the S, and then there's also the Roadster. S is pretty sick. S is like the, the top of the line that's not the Roadster. I want the one with chaos mode. <laughs> they all mode? have chaos mode. I want the Dude, sickle it's, it's, mode. Does it stand car- for sport? Am I wrong to say that? Um, I I don't think it does. I think the whole thing behind it is apparently like because if you look at like S three X Y, it like spells out sexy, and Elon Musk is like full of like little like stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like like you can turn your screen into like a virtual fireplace. Like it, the car is just a complete like meme in itself, but it's obviously a great car. But I, Brady, great choice, Tesla. Love those. Yep. And then my last one, um, can't go wrong here. Uh, the invisible boat mobile. Felt <laughs> <laughs> like I was, you know, you just have to, you just have to include that in case you want to go um, off the grid a bit, or uh, you know, you gotta sneak, sneak, sneak out somewhere. You know, that's a. Uh... Oh, that's, that's so funny. funny. That's better. Than, that's better than Aiden's. I think the invisible boat mobile all day. Okay, but mine's right, like real. Like you could actually, like people do Aiden. have that vehicle yeah but like you can't say the invisible boat mobile is not real can't say it because you can't see it you can't see it ryan how about you man um i'm gonna take uh my dream car that i'll never own ever is the aston martin 177 um just a dope car uh a realistic dream car is a maserati gran turismo those are pretty dope nice uh an everyday car uh is just a grand cherokee uh lots very spacious uh and uh my meme pick is i absolutely thought of the batmobile as well but i'd pick the dark knight batmobile um it basically it'd be so cool driving around that thing and you could just pop out with the motorcycle um you could also pick the uh the paddy mobile from spongebob as well nice that's a good one one. it's like that that thing's a tank though like it's a legitimate weapon you would be yeah. a threat to like um homeland security driving that thing around but you also don't need a license to drive yeah, but... a burger so like, that goes in your favor no not that what the heck <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not have been more clearly <laughs> speaking about the batmobile <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, but you know how fun it would be to drive that thing around, though. Be per- that'd be so fun. Because <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, the wheels turn, the wheels turn on different axes as well, so you can like go like sideways, parallel park, super yeah, easily. Well, yeah, you just pull up and just your wheels turn. Just uh, so I didn't, I didn't pick a, a meme car. I um, I'm not funny enough to do that. I don't think. So first car I chose Tesla Roadster. Got to have a Tesla. The Roadster's a sick one. Um. Second one, I went for like a you know like a a car that you don't mind getting dirty. Ram twenty five hundred. I went twenty five over fifteen hundred because why not? Um, the next two cars, uh, there's a player in the NFL that owns them. So like that's how I like well not how I found out about the one, but uh, the ones in Aston Martin DB eleven. Um, just a just a sick looking car, two door. And then the next one, obviously, I feel like I've talked about this before on the pod, but I know you guys at least know this: the G wagon. Um. It's been my dream car for a, a long time now, and I can't wait for that. Also, Aiden, when I was, uh, we did, we were talking about this like just beforehand, and I said, Aiden, I have something funny to tell you. Uh, the Aston Martin DB11, the G Wagon, and uh, the Ford Raptor, Christian McCaffrey owns all three of them. 
that, like that that's, just that, doesn't that's surprise That's our dream me. garage. That is so that, funny. Like, yeah, that's sick. He's just such a dope dude, too. I love Christian McCaffrey. Anyways, everybody, welcome back to the Case of My Podcast. We got all the boys here today, uh, and we have a football-heavy episode. We're all super excited, minus Ryan. Uh, we're going to be going through our, our favorite team's draft classes and maybe some of our favorite picks from the draft if we have time. Um, so I think we can get right into it. Ryan, uh, we're starting with the worst draft class to the best draft class, in my in my opinion. Uh, and I think we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Um, Ryan, do you want to give like an overall summation of the Packers draft before we go into the player-by-players? Yeah, I mean... Uh... Well, what's the best? We were talking about it right before the pod started. It's an extremely whelming class, draft class. Like, extremely whelming. It is the most, like, uh, non-exciting, I suppose you could say. Like, for instance, what, what I mean is that they just took people that they needed, and that's it. Yeah, um, it wasn't, wasn't a super pretty draft class. I three people to talk about because... The rest is like a hundred percent depth uh, and special teams players. So, well, let's go into the like... three. Go ahead. No, no, that that was pretty much my point. Like, just very whelming class. Like, br- brutally, um, like, un... mediocre. Well, no, because like you could say like the the not necessarily mediocre because there are some good players, um, but like if you look at like the Bears draft class, it was exciting. Like ours wasn't exciting. That's fair. I get that. And, oh, and it's, we'll definitely it's, not, get... it's not it's not even about the players. It's just like like the style of what, how we drafted, if if you understand that. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we'll definitely get to the Bears draft class soon. And, you know, in case some people haven't figured it out yet, we do have a Bears fan on the pod. Shout out Andrew Bailey. Um, but Ryan, let's let's start uh, first round end of the draft. You get Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia. What are your thoughts on that guy? Well, on that mm-hmm. guy? Um, I guess it came out later that the Packers wanted to, they tried to jump up and get Greg Newsom, um, which doesn't surprise me at all, but nobody would trade with them, which also doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but uh, Stokes is, I think, it, it, it seems like the, the general consensus is that it is pretty split. Like a lot of people see him as a reach. Um, you probably could have got him in the second round, but the other half of the people are saying, well, he would have been an extremely early second round pick. And uh, there was a little bit of a run at quarterback cornerbacks in at the start of the second round. Um, and so the Packers sort of had to take him; like their hand was forced. And I can see both sides of that argument. Um, but what he does have is exactly what the Packers like. He has um, really good, like physical characteristics. Like he's pretty tall, long arms, which is good for cornerback. Um, and his speed is, is quite frankly, elite. Like, I think I saw stats like top 90, 96th percentile in the NFL, and he's he's a rookie going in. So he ran a four two five at his pro day. That's like what Tyreek Hill speed almost, if not. Um, pretty much, it's record setting. So, I'm pretty sure at four two five. No, four two four is the record. So, so uh, I mean, an extremely elite player, and I think I think the the biggest part about um, Stokes is he has a really really high upside. Um, but he has to he has to get a lot of the fundamentals down. He's only been playing cornerback for like I think they said three or four years, maybe less. Um, so he's still learning the position, um, and uh, I think he relies a lot on his speed, and he should. I mean, he's really quick, but um, he's often off balance is one of the negative things I've heard about him. Um, and so if you can if you can figure out that balance problem, then maybe this 
person in, or Stokes could be extremely good. Um, it seems like really up in the air, um, and it just all depends on how he's developed. Um, I think one thing I that think he has I going. Think... Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, one, one thing that he has going in his favor is that he doesn't have to be a number one corner pretty much ever. Jair Alexander's still twenty five years old, and he's the right. number one corner in the NFL. What a guy to learn from in turn like he you can't teach speed. That's just you can't do that. You can teach the fundamentals, you can teach that stuff, but you can't teach speed. So I'm I like the pick. You know, you get a fast cornerback too. That's a it's a good pick. We saw what happened with Kevin King in the uh, NFC championship. Yeah. And I, I think he, he's not gonna be the number one corner in Green Bay, obviously, but he is he's projected to be a day one starter, which is nice. Um it's not it's not by any means a like a draft and develop player because he is ready to play. He just has to tweak a couple of things that'll make him better, like uh balance and um I don't really know how grabby he is if uh he's gotten beat. I guess he never really gets beat because he's that fast, but um so it's just a couple of those things. I think I think he could be a high impact player and maybe we they slide Kevin King to the slot and he could be better there. So um that's pretty much what i have to say about stokes like i I do like the pick um and and it's probably because he wouldn't have been there where the packers were picking in the second round so like they sort of had to pick him and yeah i'm not every guy that's a that's (laughs) like look at the packers secondary they they went for elite speed like jire alexander had elite speed high raz coming out of college um darnell savage is another burner four two something speed like they're it's very clear what they're trying to build in the secondary yeah, I mean, you have a vision stick to it, I guess. I'll give them that. I, I do like the pick, but um, second round, you go uh, Josh Myers, center from Ohio State. Not yeah, pretty, but kind of a need. It, yeah, and that's like that's a basically a forced pick. Um, like, when you lose someone like Corey Lindsley, it really shakes up your line because you don't... Like, we could move Elton Jenkins to center. He played there when Corey Lindsley was injured, but, like, he's a lot better either at guard. Like, he was... Uh, um he was an all rookie two years ago and then i think he was a pro bowl last year he he got something either all pro or pro bowl like he's super good so you don't really want to slide him over to center so they got they got josh myers who played a lot at ohio state and that's one of the better college divisions as well playing against quality talent um he's projected to be a day one starter which is nice um i guess we just don't have to worry about that position for a long time now and that's pretty much the, the majority of that pick. Um, and so, then third round, you it, it, like I mean, classic Packers thing, right? Like no no uh, help for Rodgers in the first round or in the first round, but you go Amari Rodgers, eighty uh, fifth overall, third round wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, he was pretty good in college. Uh, what do you what do you think about him as uh, as a pro though? Uh, I think he'll be a great pro. I this is this is my favorite pick of the draft class and. I, and to be fair, I don't really like the saying "no first round talent for Rodgers" because it really just doesn't make any sense to me. First like, round picks. Devontae first round picks. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like when you're when you're that good at d- drafting players that are going to become good in the other rounds, then why why use a first round pick on them? Like Devonte Adams was a second round pick. Um, Jordy Nelson, I don't think was a first round pick. Like the best receivers they've had weren't first round picks. So I don't know why people are so mad about it, but. It did come out that they tried to get Jefferson last year, which is nice. Um, Amari Rodgers is going to be a really good slot receiver, and uh, it would have been great um, if Aaron Rodgers was there to throw it to him, but who knows about that. Um, He's basically 
if I had to compare him to someone, he's Randall Cobb reincar reincarnated with a more durable body. Like he has 20 pounds more weight on him than Randall Cobb did. Um, about the same size. So he's basically a, the, the prototypical mold for slot receiver. And he's really good with routes. Um, and I expect him to get better once he starts practicing with Devontae Adams. Um, so I think it's a really good pick and actually will help the offense a lot. So regardless of who's throwing him the ball, like, because if, if your players are open, it's way easier to throw them the ball. Um, I mean, if you have Jordan Love coming in next year. So yeah, those are the three people that I talk about. Um, yeah. The rest were like, I, and like just depth players and, and people who will probably play special teams. Yeah, you have Royce Newman, the guard from Mississippi, Tadero Slayton, defensive lineman, Shamar John Charles, defensive back, Cole Van Lannan, offensive line, Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker, and then like, all those players are depth. And then you have Kylan Hill, who's a running back, seventh round. I think running back's decent value there. So like you said, not pretty, but it gets the job done. It's not exciting. It's not. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just it's what you needed i think is the best way to sum it up yeah it, like they didn't have a good nor a bad draft they did what they needed to do like that's what i would say yeah absolutely agree with that all right um brady we're gonna go to the uh we're gonna go to you and we're gonna go to the new england patriots to start um how do how do we feel how do we feel about the pats draft uh yeah obviously it was, it was a good draft um obviously i would have preferred them to uh, jump up and get Justin Fields, um, especially with him falling the way he did. Um, I think they could have put together a better trade package than Chicago did, but you know, I guess Mac Jones was their guy. Um, so he did fall to 15. I think, you know, that's what the Patriots, you can't, you know, you got to make that pick. Um, they move, if they traded up for Jones, then I would have maybe had a problem with that, but I think that. Mac Jones can definitely succeed in the Patriots offense. I remember talking with you guys about this, um, how New England's kind of moving more to that, that run, more of a run heavy team, you know, twin tight end set with Smith and Hunter Henry. And then you still have a couple weapons in Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, um, even, I mean, and then it kind of takes the weight off Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry, who are by no means number one or two receivers. But now they don't really have to be those one, two receivers. They can just kind of be additional weapons there for uh, for Mac Jones. And um, they declined Michelle's fifth year option, thankfully. So I think uh, hopefully Damian Harris is their number one back. And then they can just kind of, I think that's a pretty easy transition for Mac Jones. They're not asking him to stand five wide, empty backfield every time and just sling it to subpar weapons. I think, um, you know, he could learn from Cam kind of how to be more mobile. Um, use his sense of awareness and um, kind of ease himself, ease them into that, ease into a a relatively similar offense as as Alabama, and we can see um, offense. I mean, as in Alabama, as in like the way it's coached with Saban and uh, and Belichick, um, and Belichick loves his his Alabama products, as him and Saban are close, and uh, yeah. I think one thing that you mentioned that you got pretty pretty bang on was Cam uh, being a good mentor for mobility for uh, for Mac Jones. He ran a four six, right? Like the, the guy he's looked at as like the the non athletic quarterback in the class. All five of the top guys are like speedy. These guys can all move. Like Trevor Lawrence can move, and then Fields, Lance, and um, who am I forgetting? 
uh, Mac Wilson. No, what's Zach, his name? Zach, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Holy smokes. Don't know what happened to me there. Um, they like all these guys can move. It's a really like athletic draft class. I think Mac Jones fits really well into the Patriots system. Um, he's got a big arm, he's a winner, uh, and he's got a lot of doubters. A lot of people think that this guy is going to be a bust. And like, you know, you saw what happened last time. The Patriots had a quarterback that was uh, that was doubted. Um, you know, this guy named Tom Brady. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Seven seven rings. It's mm. not bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the pick. Like we were talking about this, like, so Aiden Brady and I were able to watch the draft, uh, remotely, but we were able to chat while the draft was going on. Um, and we were all saying like, Mac Jones is still going to be a good quarterback, but you know, like any other draft class, when you don't have like five studs, this guy could probably be the number two quarterback, number one quarterback, but, um, he ends up being the number five quarterback following to them at, was it 15, 15. Um, but the guy you got in the second round was also a guy that we thought was going to go in the first Christian Barmore got him 38th overall second round. Another guy from Alabama reunites with Mac Jones there. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, uh, clearly the, the number one D tackle in this draft. Um, yeah, I mean, our, our obvious weakness last year was our D line, um, both, both pass rush and run run defense, but our run defense is a bit better. And, you know, you have Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy coming back as D tackles, and you have uh, Dante Hightower coming back, which is a huge run defense guy. Um, they go get Matt Judon, Cal Van Noy to kind of shore up the edge position. Then you add uh, Barmore right up the middle. Um, and I think, you know, he's he's going to be, if they can develop him properly and kind of expedite those those pass rush skills and um, clogging up the hole skills i think he's going to be a very helpful you know run defense you know take up some some offensive line uh talent there um yeah so definitely you know focus on the, like the patriots you know they they went out focused on their needs you know cam newton's not the long-term solution you know try to get the quarterback of the future um need to shore up that d line they go out and do that with barmore um so i i i like the pick yeah, so do I. And then, like, I think the rest of the draft also, like, kind of goes your way, just like Ryan's. It's nothing nothing pretty. Like, you get Ronnie Perkins, defensive end, Ramondre Stevenson, running back. Uh, the running back pick, kind of interesting that early, but because, like, be, well, you have the absolute logjam at running back now. You have Sonny Michelle, James White, and then who was the Bama running back that came on strong for you guys last year? So, Damian Harris, and they also have Damian J.J. Harris. Taylor. And Damian Harris, I think, five yards per carry. Um, it would have been over a thousand if he wasn't injured. So hopefully he's the day one starter next year and um, he can see a lot more snaps and because he is just, he's unreal. He runs really hard. So yeah. Yeah. Big, I, big I, running I, back I room. loved him last year. He, yeah, he seems like he's kind of like not really what you'd expect from a Patriots running back, but I think he fits really well. Like I like Belichick's obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. He's going to know how to use him. Um, so the running running back pick there kind of interesting, but then you go, Cameron McGrone, linebacker, love always love linebacker depth. Uh, Bledsoe's a safety. Interesting that you're bringing another Bledsoe. A Bledsoe got picked in the sixth <laughs> round for the Patriots. Kind of funny. Uh, then you get William Sherman, <laughs> offensive lineman, and Trey Nixon, wide receiver from Central Florida. All in all, pretty solid draft class. Like, what would what would you give it as a letter grade? Yeah, I mean, just pretty solid. I mean, it's it's tough to say with Mac Jones because this could end up being an A plus or he doesn't he just doesn't translate well and it's like ah you know we really should have gotten justin fields so i mean i think just like a, a good old b you know? yeah i would agree with b, that b, b, b plus yeah 
Matthews, I didn't uh, I didn't get to ask you that question. I forgot. I, I just kind of thought of it now. What do you think uh, if you got to give the Packers draft class a, a letter grade? What are you giving it? Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like a a B, B minus. I think I think like B minus is in fair. the middle of the scale. Something yeah, I think I think scale. Yeah, I, I I would agree with a B minus. Um, like not Brady, I would special, but not not terrible by any means. Like, no, I 100% agree. 100 percent agree brady we're gonna we're gonna stick with you here actually we're gonna go next to the tampa bay buccaneers who i thought had a a a very solid draft class i love their second round pick we'll get there um but let's start let's start let's start in the first round you get joe tryon outside the linebacker from washington what do we what do we got on him yeah that he's he's six five um he is from washington six five said that 260 I don't know what you said, but <laughs> um, he fits. He fits in any scheme. Um, I'm looking forward to him. Uh, this 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 was probably the number one position I wanted them to address. Um, obviously, they brought back all their starters um, from last year, uh, including depth as well. So, but when you look at what what group kind of needs it the most, you kind of look at that D line. You know, they're all getting older, um, especially JPP. He might retire this season or next season. You never know. Um, and then just age in general. Um, so they go out and get, um, dry on. And I think, you know, he's a, you know, he has, he has a long approach. He's very tenacious. Um, you know, a lot, still lots of stuff to, to work on and improve, but what better way to, you know, kind of take that rotation role and learn from JPP, Shaq Barrett, um, and, and, uh, Sue. And even if they want to move him inside, cause he's so big, you know, uh, with Sue and Vea, um, just and it kind of puts it if the if he could like learn the best traits of each of them and kind of put that together in his own you know his own character i think that would be very very cool you know very big vet d-line there and i think a year or two of development before he kind of starts that would be you know that's the ideal situation i love the pick to be honest with you like you said he's he gets to come in year one as a rotational player usually these late first round picks they like you know they need some time to develop uh and being able to sit behind the pass rush that you have there just allows this guy to perfect his skill and then he steps in on a rookie contract when you can't afford the Shaq Barrett's and Adamican Sue um et cetera et cetera I love the pick um but speaking of people that get to sit behind pretty talented group get Kyle Trask out of Florida uh in the second round the quarterback gets to sit behind Tom Brady uh, can you imagine a better spot like you have young receivers there and the greatest quarterback, greatest player of all time to sit behind and learn from. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Bucks fans were pretty split on this. I think a lot of them wanted Kellen Mond. Um, either way, or even, you know, they thought Trask would be there later, but you need to get a quarterback suitor in later. And you don't have, like, you legit, you don't have any glaring needs. So you may as well take Trask while he's still there in the second round. Um, and he's a in in a lot of ways he's kind of like Tom Brady like you know more more pocket passer um, tall he's six five Tom's six four um, you know very very confident um, tough competitor so I think that and, and and again the more time you get to sit behind Tom Brady the you know the better so let's say Tom plays for two three more years I mean I think the Bucks will gladly take Trask um, sitting behind Brady for those those couple years and. Um, hopefully take the team over um he has nick Foles, uh what's it called comparisons so that's the kind of guy you're gonna be getting um 
I think, and then also like the same thing with Mac Jones, it's like, is, is he good or is, do the receivers make him look good? You know, the, the, did Tony and Kyle Pitts make Trask look good or is Trask, you know, really able to find those receivers and, you know, they wouldn't have the, the years they had without Trask. Always tough to say, but what better spot to enter the NFL learning from Tom Brady for a couple of years. And then you join, you know, in practice, you get to throw to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, Gronkowski, and then the rest of the gang, you know, um, going to get truly. a ring in his first year too. it's hard hard to repeat but yeah like it i like i said it's a great situation you get a whole roster of of super bowl like experience then you get tom brady who has more super bowls than everybody in nfl history um like if you if you want to be put in a position to succeed as a quarterback like that's got to be it um and then one more pick i think you want the spotlight from uh from tampa bay that was Jalen darden the wide receiver from north texas yeah, just just real quick, I, I thought I thought this was an interesting pick. Um, uh, you know, five eight, one seventy four, a smaller guy. Um, and his his comparison is literally Scotty Miller, um, <laughs> which I thought which I thought was funny. He ran a four three um at his at his pro day. Um, comparison was a uh, Tavon Austin um as a low, and then Tyler Lockett as a high. Um, very very quick, t- you know, very t- quick t- twitchy receiver. Um, get off the line real fast. Um. He may be small, but he his tapes, you know, very, very fast. Um, often often beating those coverages. Um, which is I, I and just to go back to Ryan's with the Stokes thing, I think that was kind of like a matchup pick, if you know what I mean. Like it's because every team kind of has that one four two, four three receiver who's just small and they're just gonna burn you. So I think teams are starting to draft now those those corners fast corners purely based just to like put in a matchup like hey where's their speedy scotty miller you're going to be on him today and just go north to south you know what i mean um but it's yeah, next, just to make sure that like some guy doesn't like yeah. take the top off the defense you have a guy that goes step step for him and then your safety step for step still, yeah yeah no i agree yeah. yeah you don't have to wait you don't really have to waste too much of a safety's attention you can kind of just put that match the speed go over top of them don't get beat kind of thing but now the Patriots have two, you know, you got Scotty Miller and now Darden. So it's kind of, I wonder if we'll ever see them kind of running similar routes on the, on either side to kind of force the the defense to put their fast uh, corner on one of them and then hope that the other ones open. So I don't know. It could be, it'd be, uh, be interesting to see what, what schemes they come scary, up with here. What scary times coming for Raymond James stadium. That's uh <laughs> Who as a Panthers fan, it's a good draft. I will say it's a good draft. And, you know, it's a team that, you know, pretty decent. They won a Super Bowl. So I uh, not not excited for next year as a Panthers fan, but excited for you as a Buccaneers supporter. Yeah, I mean our our division had a had a pretty good draft and our division had a had a oh well, other than the Saints. The Saints, I have no idea what the oh, hell yeah. they did. They had, they, had, they had the worst draft I think I've ever seen in my well, life. But Saints we don't dropped off the planet. They yeah. Uh, but the Falcons yeah. had a good class. The Panthers have a good class, which we'll get to next. Um but what Brady, letter grade for the box. Um I'll I'll give it a, like a, a B plus, I'll say. See, like, yeah, I'm weird. ordering, like, I, I'm saying B plus, but it's like a 79 B plus, you know? Like, it's so yeah, close yeah. to being the A minus. Um, I do like, got I do. Everything they needed, so. They got everything yeah. they needed, and third, and I didn't talk about the third round, but they got a, a, a you know, great tackle. So, you know, it's always yeah. good to have O-line depth, so they, they shored, that, shored that up too. So, they did what they had to do. So, in terms of, you know, 
getting who they had to get, you know, I guess you can say A minus or, you know, B plus plus. If uh, Robert Hainsey is anything like Ron Hainsey, he's going to be a, 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 just a good <laughs> tackle to have. So uh, yeah. that's for my hockey fans out there. Uh, you got KJ yeah. <laughs> Brent, linebacker in the fifth, Chris Wilcox, Grant Stewart, DB, and then a line, another linebacker in the seventh. Depth. Those positions, you can always have depth, right? Like linebacker, defensive back, you can't have, can't yeah. have too many pieces. Special team. Those guys also play a ton of special teams. So love the love the love the draft class. I think I think B plus bordering on an A minus. Great grade. Um, you. Thanks, Brady. So now I think we're gonna go. We're gonna go into the Panthers hour here. Um, I I so I I took the liberty and I went through every single player. And uh, but I'm not going to talk about every single player. We're going to talk about a lot of them, though. I think the Panthers had a great draft class, and it starts with the first round pick, J.C. Horn. Guy's a stud. I sent a video to the to our Instagram group chat today of his footwork. Holy smokes, was that impressive? I don't like. I've never I've never seen anything like that. That could just be me. Um, but really impressive. He's a super physical corner. He's got great size, great speed, and he's got versatility. He can play the outside or the slot. Um, He's mostly a man cover corner, which is kind of interesting considering we're his own team, but he's great in press. Um, and I mean, you know, he's a pro athlete. He can learn how to play the zone. I'm sure he already knows how, but he can fine tune it. Um, love the pick. He's he's a great tackler, but he, he could be a little bit more aggressive. Like I've seen some plays where he just kind of like lets his teammates take care of stuff instead of like, you know, adding into the pile, joining gang tackles. That's okay though. For a cornerback, like, I mean, Dion is a pretty good cornerback and he hated tackling, so... I'm all about it. Um, penalties, a little bit of a concern. Ball skills, a little bit of a concern. But that's stuff that that can get ironed out as you become a professional. I love the pick. Uh, second round, and probably my favorite moment of the entire draft. I was uh, I was in the car for this pick, and so they were on the clock, and uh, I I called Brady because I he he just he texted me and he said like yeah the Panthers are on the clock. So I called him and I'm like, can you tell me what the pick is? And so we're waiting, and then he goes, yep, the Panthers just traded their pick to the Cleveland Browns really funny but then i got home was able to put the draft back on and he still called me we had a nice little conversation cute moment <laughs> um but yeah they took they took terrace marshall um he is our curtis samuel replacement except you give him an extra four inches of height he's six three fast huge catch radius and he's great after the catch uh, my favorite part about this pick he's reunited with joe brady and joe brady knew how to use him um there is a little bit of concern with attitude uh he didn't finish all of his routes 100 percent of the time and a little bit of injury concerns but the injury concerns are what pushed him out of round one um yeah you know thanks ryan lsu connection there gotta shout that out it's real i almost oh, yeah. guarantee you um he would have gone higher if jamar chase wasn't the number one receiver on lsu oh i agree um, and, and also he, like, he was behind justin jefferson and jamar chase those are two quality first round picks uh, in the last two years so like he was overshadowed a bit. Like I, I kind of was hoping the Packers would would grab him at some point, but because uh, I think he's like he's better than where he fell to, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I think it's it's great value, and you you can't go wrong. You lose Curtis Samuel, you replace him with a guy on a second round rookie contract. Love that. And then he also we have Robbie Anderson a contract up next year. I'd love to resign him, but if we don't, Terrence Marshall is six three. He can play on the outside. He doesn't. Excuse me. He doesn't have to just be a slot receiver um only 20 uh, as thing, well he's only 20 the the one thing I, I was gonna say i forgot to to chime in about jc horn um yeah. is that like uh he's was he like it was kind of weird in the draft like at the start of like the speculation like he wasn't being considered at all 
And then at the end, he was the highest cornerback uh, pick. Um, but I think maybe like the only bad thing I've heard about JC is that he's like very grabby. Um, yeah. Like he'll grab if he's beat. Um, but uh, hopefully he just doesn't get beat then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the plan. He gets, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he actually had a really great quote today and I loved it. It was um, every great cornerback needs a great safety. We have the great safety in place, Jeremy Chin. And now we have JC Horn who doesn't have to come in and be in the number one corner right away. We have Dante Jackson. And we have A.J. Bouye as well. So Bouye will probably end up playing the slot and being the cornerback three. Uh, and that leaves J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson to man the outsides. You can play a left and right corner instead of a one-two corner. And I love it. It's a fun secondary. It's a great defense that we're building out in Charlotte. Um, it'll be fun against Tampa Bay. When, well, when we get good, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best two young secondaries in the league are by far uh, Carolina and Cleveland. Like Cleveland oh, yeah. got greedy last year and then also added Newsom this year. That's crazy. And Delpit comes back this year. John Johnson. And, and, JO, yeah. and JOK too. And, and JOK. And Ward. Oh my they already goodness. had a Ward. Yeah, Denzel Ward. He's 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 pretty decent, I would say. All pro. Um, Absolutely nasty if they're all healthy. Yeah, which is a big ask. But yeah, very, very good. Good on paper. Um, usually what they are. Then they we'll also see. drafted. They drafted well, they a cornerback, right? I mean, the Browns. Delpit got injured before he even played a snap. So like, it's like we haven't really even seen what they can do yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, third round Panthers. Uh, Brady Christensen, offensive lineman, Notre Dame. Um, boring pick, but I think this is a really good one. I think he has day one starting potential, but I don't think he translates well as a as a tackle. He's kind of got the shorter arms and he's more power than speed. Um, I kind of like him as a as a left guard. I, I think it he plugs in well there, and I think that ends up being like his spot long term. But you know, I'm not uh, Matt Rule or Scott Fitterer, so we'll see how he how he how he fits in. Um, next pick, Tommy Tremble, tight end from uh, from Notre Dame. I it's such a great pick. He replaces Manhurts and Arma. He's probably going to be playing more fullback and blocking tight end than actual tight end, considering we have Dan Arnold, who's like our a pure receiving tight end. Uh, he was actually a former college wide receiver. Uh, but Tremble is a devastating blocker. The guy goes 100% on every single every single run block, and it's so fun to watch him go. He was the highest-rated run blocker in college football last year. So exciting times for Christian McCaffrey when you go offensive line and then a blocking tight end or fullback, back-to-back uh, -back picks. Speaking of the run game, we go Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Canadian. You can't, you can't go wrong with a Canadian running back. Uh, he's a little bit... He's a little bit undersized, but he's shown that he can handle the carries. Um, and I think for Christian McCaffrey, you got to love this pick. You're able to not play 900 snaps a game, take every single every single carry, every single target, um, and and you have a capable running back now, like like Mike Davis was, except we lost Mike Davis obviously to Atlanta. Uh, I think the one thing Chuba needs to pick up on is is pass blocking and pass rush recognition. Uh, his his it, he wasn't really used like that at Oklahoma State, so just uh something something to keep note of you know he's got some room for improvement of course receiving, uh, the, receiving back too yes a great he's great his, hand, his hands are good great receiving back um he also got drafted in the cfl but uh you know he said it was his dream to play in the cfl but he's going to be in in blue for a while was his tweet from today um mm -hmm. and then the next two picks i won't go into it's davion nixon big defensive tackle or not big defensive tackle he's 63313 so he's actually kind of small for a defensive tackle which is weird at 313 pounds for me um keith taylor my least favorite pick it just kind of a probably going to be like a gunner uh, on special teams and that's i i kind of see that as a ceiling um 
the next pick is probably my favorite pick of the entire draft. Uh, Deontay Brown, offensive lineman, Alabama. I saw uh, like I was I, I saw like a, a player comparison for him, and his player player comparison was just Blastoise, um, like from <laughs> like from Pokemon. The guy is 6'3", 344 pounds. He's wide. He's a power blocker. Uh, he's got short arms, which leads to some reaching, and like it, you, he can struggle against like pass rushes that uh that use like like length as their pass rush skill. Uh, but he's got speed for three forty four. And he, in three years as a starter at Alabama, actually just less than three years, zero sacks allowed. That is phenomenal. And, and you know, Christian McCaffrey's got to love it. Sam Darnold's got to love it. Um, and he could he could be in line to start day one. Uh, Elfline is our starter right now, I think, as like the, you know, the projected depth charts. Um, but I, I love this pick. Deontay Brown was one of the most like intriguing prospects, just considering like everyone just sees the pictures of him. He's just big and that's like that's all you got to him then we got a slot receiver we drafted a long snapper which was probably the cutest moment in the entire draft that draft call um mm. it was almost as good as brady's brady and i's but uh you know he he thought he was gonna go on draft and then rules like you coming or what and he goes i'm just trying to figure out what's going on and then he goes no i drafted you you coming or what and he starts freaking out he also has the coolest video i think i've ever seen from a long snapper um uh, it's him with three championship rings from alabama on I'm like, mm-hmm. that's that's an absolute flex for a long snapper. Mm-hmm. And then last pick of the draft, we take Phil Hoskins, defensive tackle, 6'5", 313. He was a six-year college player, um, but like not much, not much to really say about it. He's just a he could be a rotational piece, uh, you know, uh give Derek Brown uh some rest. But outside of that, this draft class, really, really solid. As a Panthers fan, I'm so excited for next year. We got some great, great depth pieces, and we got some day one starters. Um, I gotta, gotta love it. I I'm going, I'm going a minus with this. I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, you guys are going to get guys are going to agree with that, but I'm going a minus for this draft class really solid through and through. Um, you pass on quarterback, uh, like at, at nine, we could have had fields. We could have had Mac Jones. Um, Sam Darnold's 24 years old. You give him the weapons, you give him a couple years to learn the system. He doesn't, he doesn't pan out next year. It's a great draft class. There's Malik Willis, Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, um, I think one more guy that's supposed to go first round. It's it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Panthers fan. I'm going a minus. However, I with that. yeah, I, I, Brady, the division the division matchup is going to be so much fun. If like the the Buccaneers, if if the Panthers can get it together, I don't think this year it'll be that fun. The year after that, <laughs> I mean, the year after that, it's going to be so exciting to watch Panthers versus Bucks. Um, I'm not excited. I think if there is one one single class that i have to put that's like a hundred percent above the panther draft class and it, it 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 doesn't really pain me to say it but it's the bears a heck of a draft class here uh it starts in the it starts in the first round you get you get finally a franchise quarterback after what you thought mitch trubisky was going to be although i don't think many people had trubisky being a franchise quarterback um and you want to take us through this bears draft class I would love to, because when I tell you that I was crying after that Justin Fields pick, I was crying. Like, it's no joke, lads. I could not Full believe tears. it. I could not believe it because um, initially, like before the draft, I was praying for a boring draft. Like I was like hoping this would be a draft to forget because I just didn't want any big mistakes. We just needed a solid first round pick. 
to like get us through you know what i mean um but ryan pace had something else in mind and he decided to do what everyone thought he would be scared to do he traded up to take a uh quarterback that had fallen what many people believe to be including myself way too far and that's justin fields of course uh fell down to the 11th pick and the bears traded up gave their first round pick from next year to trade up and get justin fields um and actually really funny so they traded up just in front of minnesota and minnesota was like yeah we were a hundred percent gonna take fields if he was still there so um, I think it was perfect that they traded up to get fields. And I think um, even giving up their, I think it was, so their first round pick from next year, their third round pick from this year. And I don't know what other picks they gave up. Not really important. Anyways, uh, Bears got their quarterback, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, but I think many people are saying this is the steal of the draft. Um, I don't know if 100% everyone would agree with that, but I think it's pretty clear that, uh, a lot of people, whether Bears fans or not, seem to love Justin Fields. And I think that's one thing that kind of sets the mindset apart from Trubisky and Fields, that when the Bears took Trubisky, it was already the laughing stock of the NFL, right? Like nobody thought that was a good move. Not one person thought, wow, the Bears made a great move to trade up and take Trubisky. So the fact that everyone is like, that was an amazing move by the Bears. They got the steal of the draft. Like that's already very comforting for a situation that we've been through as Bears fans. Um, but something that, it, another thing that's very comforting about uh, picking Justin Fields is that he's a quarterback that we haven't picked in the past. Like um, he's a really tough and really athletic quarterback. So um, what I really love about this pick as well is not only is he tough as nails, but the uh, Chicago Bears are showing that they want to go in a different direction with this offense and this team uh, for kind of like a, a tougher look. You know what I mean? And I think that's just a great mindset to be in going into this year. Um, although Justin Fields isn't seen as the most pro-ready quarterback, um, being the biggest gripe on him about his decision-making and his processing skills in the pocket. Um, like Kurt Warner did a film study on him and uh, basically looked at his ability to process and read plays in the college football playoffs. And so verbatim from Kurt Warner, it's not always on, but when it's on, it's arguably the best in the class. So that's the issue, right? Like, um, a lot of the time his processing and his decision making isn't all there and he doesn't make the best decisions, but when he does, it's a good decision. And I think that's something that um, they'll need to work on because uh, Chicago needs consistency at the quarterback position, um, especially after Trubisky. Like we don't need the wondering if it's going to be a zero interception week or if we're going to have more interceptions than touchdowns. Right. So, um, but I'm happy with this first round pick. I love the pick of Justin Fields. And uh, I think the bears are looking to give him a good, like proper progression plan. Um, so this kind of sets fields up to be a long-term solution for a decades long plague. <laughs> That's one hell of a way to put it. And I think uh, like one of the bigger things here is this probably convinces Alan Robinson to stay. Oh yeah. Like, he's a, he's a top 10 receiver in the league. And now you, you give him a quarterback that he's excited about. Plus, 
your best chance to win Super Bowls is on a rookie on a court with a quarterback on a rookie contract. So mm-hmm. I think like if the Bears window is opening, it's not open yet. It's opening. So I love this pick for Chicago. Love Justin Fields. I think he's so sick. Um, I, yeah, it just it's it's got to be an exciting time to be a Bears fan, especially when it you go. Uh, it is now. <laughs> we go second, you second round, and you have a first round talent offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins. Like yes, when sir. you see him falling, and and like like how do you, how how are you feeling, man? Well, I think because uh, like every single like after um what's his face the other tackle. Um, not Panay, um, Rashawn Slater, Darius yes. and Slater, Darius and Slater. After they went, it yeah. was like every pick was like, okay, this is Tevin Jenkins, this is Tevin Jenkins. Um, yeah. The fact that the I think the Bears were like, like Ryan Pace was super proud of himself. He was like living off the hype. Like people finally like him, so he was like, I need to make another trade. I need to do it. It's like, it's that it's when you have that like idea of like spending money and you really just want to go spend money. That's how Ryan Pace felt in the second round. He was like, I need to trade up. I need to take uh, Tevin Jenkins. And so he ended up doing that. Right. And he got a uh, first round like talent in the second round. So again, like another uh, successful trade up. Um, And I think this was a great pick. Like, I think my favorite thing that people say about Tevin Jenkins is that his pro comparison is Brian Bulaga with rabies. Um, Because when this guy starts a block, he finishes it into the sideline, like typically into the other team's bench. There's about five clips. There's about five clips of him doing it. And it is hilarious because it's not illegal. He's not holding. He's just dominating the man into the, like into his own bench. He's basically saying like, Take the rest of the game off. You're done here. Um, I will say, not as not as good of a comparison as Blastoise, but uh, I'd say that's a pretty <laughs> solid one. A, a all pro tackle with uh, with rabies. You gotta you gotta love that, especially like Justin Fields. There, he's sitting there now. He's like, all right, we got weapons. We got we got offensive linemen. It, but we got so a defense. That's that's the other thing. I think this is this is like showing. Chicago's commitment to Justin Fields and doing it right this time, not putting uh, a young quarterback in a situation where he can't get proper prote- protection behind like lazy offensive linemen. Like he, they went out and they picked dogs. Like this next pick as well. I'm going to talk about him a little bit, but like just a little bit more on like Tevin Jenkins. Like he needs to work on like his mobility, but he's got like an explosive first step that allows him to like diagnose the pressure that's coming this like his way as well as long arms that help him create separation. But like, he's a bully. Like that's pretty much exactly what it is. Like um, he's the type of offensive lineman that you want protecting your key investment. Um, And I think another thing that I love about this guy is he's regarded as one of the most violent players to come out of college, but he keeps it on the field. Like he's he doesn't have any character problems, known character problems, I'll put it that way. Um that like are worth talking about. But like he is such a violent offensive lineman. And as a day one starter, as a young rookie, you want that mentality at left tackle. So I think it's like just a match made in heaven to be able to get him and use him as a turning point for that offensive line. Don't I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. Then you also double dipped in the offensive line. No third or fourth round picks, but you go to the fifth round. You got Larry Borum, um, offensive lineman from Aiden's home school. Not really his favorite school though, Missouri. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
that's like it's it's your favorite school your favorite your favorite team and it's an offensive lineman like it's fantastic oh it's beautiful um like the thing about so larry borum like he's not going to be a uh first day like starting type of guy um but he's going to sit for a little bit and from like the biggest thing about him was that he dropped based on his like athleticism but that's something that can be like taught like he's 6'5 and 322 pounds like he is large this is a big human um but like obviously again like that kind of um has a negative effect on his mobility and footwork but he's got the long arms that allow him to create separation so if he trains for a few years, like he could be something really good. And with those mobility and footwork problems, he was the number two ranked tackle in the SEC by uh, pro football focus. He also had a 0% pressure rate. Like it wasn't zero flat, but it was like 0.05 or something like that. And last year he only allowed one QB hit. So um, it's, it's kind of interesting to look at that he went this late if he was regarded as like such a good tackle. Um, but another thing that I'm super excited about is Larry Borum and Justin Fields have been working out in the off season for like the past two seasons. So if we're talking about matches made in heaven, like you got some chemistry already there. That's fantastic. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. And then you go running back in the six, you have three, six round picks here. Um, and I think we're going to speak about all of them. Uh, you go with a, a first name twin on your team, Khalil Herbert this time, running back from Virginia Tech. Yes. So uh, these next three guys, I'm not going to talk too much about. Um, my <laughs> my leading footnote for Khalil Herbert is I don't really get it. Like, because I'm going to be <laughs> honest, I don't. Like, um, with Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen, and uh, David Montgomery, I don't understand why we went to pick a running back at all. Like, um, there's been a lot of like good talk about Khalil Herbert being picked there, so I think it was more of like a a talent at that spot in the draft. Like, we'll take whoever we can get. Um, but it's not a positional need, and with the positional needs that Chicago has, although they did address like two of them with later picks, um, as in like two picks later. Um, I still just kind of don't get it because like he's, uh, he's regarded as a third down back, but he's not a phenomenal catcher whatsoever. Like he's not, he's not a phenomenal receiving back. Um, but what does make him like kind of special for where he was, was his blocking. Like apparently he's a, he's a great blocker. So, um, it's got to make you wonder if he's going to be lined up in the backfield to compliment like, uh, Damian Williams or Tariq Cohen and like, on uh if chicago can implement like the option or something like that if they're gonna have like khalil herbert blocking in that situation but i don't he's not gonna be a feature back by any means he's not gonna get the ball a whole ton uh, i think he's more just gonna be like a complimentary blocking back i mean yeah like I, you got a like contracts coming up you know just a guy just a body to be in there this is probably again it's a six round pick it might be a guy that ends up practice squad year one and like that kind of thing um but i mean hey it's not not a not the worst pick you think you can make um then you went wide receiver four picks later if i can do some math here uh you go daz newsome wide receiver north carolina i've heard a lot of good things about this guy yes so um 
he's he's a small and not a fast guy. He's like quick, like very shifty receiver. Um, and that's kind of more what the Bears need right now. Um, because they have Darnell Mooney, who's a shorter guy, but he's more of a deep threat, uh, as well as Allen Robinson, of course. Let's hope he stays with Chicago, but uh, no one knows at this point. Um, a few days ago, they picked up, uh, I don't know how to say his first name, Demir Bird. Is that how you say his first name? Yep. Yep, okay, so they, Patriots, they Patriots legend. Yeah, exactly. Right, like he's a he's a speedy guy. He could be a good special teams player. He's good last um, year, six hundred yards. Yeah, so that's that's the other thing. If he comes in as a uh, a three or a four, because they do have Marquise Goodwin as well. Like that's the thing. This offseason, the Bears were like hunting for underrated receivers, like to kind of just act as a compliment to Allen Robinson, and they ended up getting Marquise Goodwin and uh, Demir Bird. So. Um, I think it was fantastic that they got those two wide receivers and this was very clearly just a depth pick, but again, like um, a good depth pick for where they were picking. Um, the biggest thing about him is uh, like, he's not a deep threat whatsoever. He's more of just a short little take it and run with it type of guy. Uh, very similar to Jarvis Landry, right? Like he's got really good hands, but um, not overly athletic but he's got the no quit mentality. So I think that's another thing that's going to be really important. That's going to carry him through. Uh, he was a, like he did have a pretty big uh, returning role for the Tar Heels. Um, so I think that could translate over to the NFL and he could possibly take over either the kick return or the punt return duties from Tariq Cohen, who's coming off a season ending injury from last year. So uh, they might want to lighten his load a little bit just so he can play a little bit more, but I don't know what's going to happen with that uh, running back room, but we'll talk about that closer to the season. Well, the last time you had a, a late round running back or a late round wide receiver pick, excuse me, you hit pretty well with Darnell Mooney. So hopefully Daz can be somewhat uh, something like it. Hopefully even better. Um, then the, uh, the last pick, I think we're going to spotlight Thomas Graham cornerback from Oregon. You had uh, three picks within 11 total picks uh, in the sixth round from two seventeen to two twenty eight. Thomas Graham being the last of it. What do we got on him? Well, honestly, this is the, uh, this is the prospect I know the least about because he sat out from last season. So he doesn't have any film from last season, but I think the biggest thing on this guy is that he started as a freshman until he was a junior. So he was a three-year starter at Oregon. Like Oregon's not big on DBs, but like it's impressive to start as a freshman. Like that's something you look for, right? Um, he's 5'11", so he's not he's not a massive guy, but he's like aptly heighted. I guess that's the way I can put it. He's not a short king, I'll put it that way. But he's not <sighs> he's not massive. Um, but he is speedy, and that's something that bodes for him really well because he does apparently lack some technique uh, in a lot of areas. But he has really good ability to like close on routes, uh, especially bl- like breaking routes. Um, so that's something that could be really good, especially like that's the thing the Bears need as much help as they can get at corner right now with Kyle Fuller gone. Uh, So I think this is a really good pick. But another thing is like, just obviously this doesn't have to do with his uh, play whatsoever, but I think he had like one of the best draft reactions. Um, I completely, when I was making this note, I forgot about the long snapper that Carolina took, Um, (laughs) but I just watched this guy's reaction today. And uh, basically Matt Nagy calls him. And this guy picks up the phone and you could just tell like he's pissed. Like he was not having a good day. And so Nagy's like, hey man, how you doing? And he's like, I'm frustrated. 
I'm so frustrated. And he's like, well, you don't have to be frustrated anymore because we're taking you. And you just hear so many women in the background start screaming. <laughs> and after, so th- they put it on speakerphone and everyone in the like war room is just crying, laughing. And Nagy's trying to talk to this guy and just everyone's screaming. And he's like, okay, okay, everyone be quiet. Like I got to talk to this. And then literally not even five seconds after everyone starts screaming again. <laughs> so it was it was so funny to listen to his mood changed like that but of course like of course it would right you're getting drafted you're going oh, to yeah. the nfl so uh big mood change that but that's all i have on these guys though um happy with this draft yeah. class though very happy i mean you give it a water grade what you got <laughs> well so given the uh given the letter grades that we already have i, I didn't want to say a plus but i feel like i don't know if it's not See, an A my, plus, it's between an A and an A plus because here's I think the Bears. Thing. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't think you can give it an A plus, but I think it's a solid A. The reason why is because you don't have a third and fourth round pick. Like you have some depth put depth pieces late, but like you trade it off, and I, I love that. But like I don't think you can give it an A plus. I think A is A is very solid. Okay, so that's fair. I'll agree with you. The only thing I'll say to like debate that is the fact that if you can get two players that have first round talent in the first and second round like I mean you're doing pretty good but the fact that the Bears like managed to get a player that who I thought was like like for me for on the list of unattainable players in this draft I thought it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields those are the two guys that I was like if there is not a way that the Bears are going to get like two guys in this draft it's trevor lawrence and justin fields so the fact that they managed to get fields for me is like huge but i'll agree with you i think it is like it is on the higher end of an a i'll agree with you on yeah that. i i 100 i 100 can back that also wanted to wanted to get your thoughts on having a first round draft pick for the first time in since 2018 that must have been it must have <laughs> been fun he did pretty well with it, it. it was <laughs> it was fun i liked watching the draft with a purpose this time yeah, the first round wasn't just a wash for you. Um, also, very entertaining draft. Like there was there was players going all over the place that we didn't uh, didn't expect. Like the the fall for Suo was like pretty big, and then the the fall for Slater ended up like you know uh, snowballing, getting bigger. Darisaw fell pretty big as well to the Vikings late, um, and then certain certain going like before the Cowboys pick was interesting. Um, in uh, I I believe at nine, right to the Broncos. Anybody? Yeah, I think so. Um, and and then Trayvon Merrick falling out of the first round was kind of interesting as well. Um, I I was gonna mention that like he was a target for me for the Panthers to get in the second round. Um, but we didn't have time on the last episode of the pod, so that means nothing now. You know, it's just words. But uh, anybody have any other thoughts on the draft, or should we wrap this one up? New York Jets, baby. What about him? <laughs> Jets they to the moon, the baby. They took the Judy best player in the draft. Takes us man. behind the curtain. That whole thing was a setup. Oh, right? it comes in the serial dean. Hanson Oh my gosh, Brittany, can you explain your obsession with with uh, with Hansa? <laughs> oh no, it's I, I don't know. It's just it's Madden twenty. So it's like <laughs> it's two years ago, I think. Because that's two thousand nineteen. One. So oh no, that's one year ago. Madden twenty one is what we're on now. Uh, so um, 
you when when you do your first draft in franchise mode, you have all the prospects from last year. And then I had I was the Baltimore Ravens and I got like Michael Parsons, Wyatt Davis, um Al Pitts and uh Hamza Nazaldeen. So uh and Hamza just turned out to be a huge stud and Monty Rice as well. So I'm um, good for Tennessee for getting Monty Rice and Caleb Farley as well. But um yeah, so like I Hamza's just such a great player on my team. So I wanted to do really well in real life too. Same with Monty Rice and but Kyle Pitts My and Parsons favorite. are uh, are very good already. But you know, yeah, White Davis, Monty Rice, and Hamsa. So keep your eyes on those three players. Um and uh hopefully they get some success. Um the oh the one thing I want to mention, um when when we did the draft grades, they're like like when you were given the letter grades, those articles mean absolutely nothing. Like if you're talking about like the film and and the like opinions and stuff beforehand, it's like yeah, okay, this stuff actually has some credit behind it. You can see like the the merit behind why these guys are you know being like oh this guy's a first round prospect, this guy's a top ten prospect. The draft grades mean absolutely nothing, right? They absolutely nothing. But does that stop me from researching every single draft grade for every single player? <laughs> absolutely not. Like it's absolutely not. So funny. It's dude. it's like it's like your cooldown after spending spending like four months looking at mock drafts. Yeah. And then you then you get you get a week of looking at draft grades and then and then it's just waiting until the until the season starts. Yeah, yeah. we got a got a long wait. And yeah, it's just it's impossible to really grade people because they haven't played a career yet. Yeah. Um like we'll never know if you know if Trevor's a huge bust, but like no one's gonna blame Jacksonville because they they had to take him, obviously. And yeah. At this it's going to be interesting. Make maybe you could blame San Fran for taking Trey Lance of Justin Fields. Like if Fields ends up being next great thing and Trey Lance is a bust, you know, you know, the Panthers might. You know, we can make fun of Keish if the pan if for passing on Justin Fields and sticking with Sam Darnold. But at, I think in the moment, you can only judge a team for what they do in the moment with the information they're given. So I think the Panthers were right to to so not take Fields and kind of roll with Darnold and et cetera. Mine says twenty twenty. That's what I was going to say. I know we were talking about this like during the draft, uh, Brady mm-hmm. and I. Like, there's just not a chance that anyone can make fun of. Like, of course, we were talking about the Panthers, like, specifically. Um, and I guess, like, for some of these teams, like, Denver's really the only one that you can look at and, like, make fun of for passing on fields. Um, like, maybe Detroit, but, like, realistically, like, if fields does turn out to be good. Like, Carolina did not need a quarterback into this draft. They got who I think is going to be the best, like, well, could be the best defensive player in this draft or second best, right? Like, I think it's either JC or, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Defensive player? Uh, Micah Parsons. Parsons? I think it's either going to be Parsons or JC Horn. So I think, like, the Panthers got exactly what they needed, right? So it's like... Uh, for them specifically, yeah. putting their trust in a young quarterback and going with a position that they need, like you definitely can't fault them for that. Like they had a fantastic pick. Like don't Same forget, De- Sam Darnold is still twenty four years old. There's quarterbacks that enter the league at that twenty three, twenty four. He's got mm-hmm. four years, three years of experience. Be that with the Jets and seeing ghosts and whatever. Um, but like he's got the rapport with Robbie Anderson. He's got like some nfl experience and now he has good coaching a good team in front of him like he's essentially coming in as a rookie quarterback but with with the most pro ready rookie quarterback ever uh minus maybe brandon whedon because he came in at like what 37 <laughs> years old 
<laughs> wasn't it actually 27 he was tw- he, okay he was okay. 28 yeah that's so funny I was, um like such so, a cleveland that cleveland browns era of football was selecting a 28 year old quarterback that was like the epitome of that era of cleveland browns football i actually did want to ask you about this i meant to ask you about it when we were talking about sam darnold on the podcast but like do you think robbie anderson is like like oh this guy again or do you think he's like yes like let's go baby like we're gonna tear it up no man like i i think robbie (laughs) anderson's got to be absolutely loving this because the don't forget his last season in new york he ended up with uh where was it maybe i lied maybe he's not super excited um (laughs) i was like i was like wait wait hold on that's not right but yeah like i mean he had 700 yards five touchdowns and like that was like with with only like a couple games of sam darnold right because that was the year where darnold was dealing with injuries and yeah and and whatnot but like i i like he's got day one chemistry with the guy i thought it was a lot more chemistry we'll be honest with you but I still think I still think he's going to be excited. Like I don't think Teddy was uh, was well suited to Robbie Anderson. Although Robbie did have a, a thousand yards for the first time in his career and and only three touchdowns. But I think this year we see maybe that yards total decreases considering DJ Morris only getting better. But I think that touchdown number goes way up. Fantasy sleeper right there, folks. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. that's that's definitely a good point. I just like I completely yeah. forgot. Like obviously we all know. Uh, Robbie Anderson was not happy with the Jets organization when he left. And nope. uh, I just, I couldn't remember if Darnold was a part of that, but. Um, well, I like, I've always, I've always liked Sam. He's shown, shown a lot of toughness. And I think we'll get into this more like, like during, um, like during like an uh, uh, off season recap and season preview type episode away in the future. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I, what next episode we got to do our way too early mock draft, right? Is that how it works? No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh just gosh. the stupidest articles yeah let's uh, draft grades we'll have um sam howell going picks one to seven <laughs> like that's stupid draft. I, I still don't understand that like what a waste of time somebody got paid to write that article um oh also malik willis quarterback from liberty name to keep an eye on telling you that right now okay okay yeah that's my that's my Trey Lance call from from last year, but I think I think we'll wrap it up before we keep uh, keep rambling. Like I said, way too early mock draft coming next episode. You heard it here first. Um, nope. um we'll talk about this later. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Um, if anybody has any final thoughts, now's the time, or else Brady's gonna hit us with the sign off. Ryan, Ryan, final thoughts. I haven't talked in a while. <laughs> Give us something. Give us something. Sorry, sorry, my uh, connection's been less than ideal. It's okay. Um, we still uh, love you. Final thoughts. I don't know. I thought the Bears had the best draft in it. It wasn't even I particularly agree. close. Um I think it's close. Oh. I don't I don't think it was even close. Like the Bears got pretty much everything they ever needed to start the rebuild. Fair. Or at least at least the most important parts of it. They needed a franchise quarterback. They needed people to protect that franchise quarterback. I thought that it was pretty much as close as you could possibly get to a perfect draft by them. Um, and I hate the bears. So um, yeah, those <laughs> are my enough. final thoughts. Do you have any, do you have any final thoughts that are not football related? Just something from the inside, inside the depths of Ryan's mind. Um, you want that? Yeah, not yeah. really. Okay. Nothing, well, that was kind of boring. That much particular. 
Um, I Fair do enough. have some news that just broke from Shefty in case you guys Uh-oh. haven't seen. Uh oh. No, I haven't. It's what ca- happened? Is this uh from the sounds of it, Brady already knows, but uh Carry oh, on I already Johnson know. got snipped. Got snapped. From the oh, Detroit Lions. Kind of. Who needs a Detroit running back? Also had a good draft. I think Detroit I don't think Carry on Johnson's good a good running back. I think he's like horribly overrated. So I mean not they big got news. DeAndre Swift. I, th- I think it should have happened a long time ago, but yeah. that's just me. Oh, you know what would have been a really funny bit is if we did like we titled this like draft recap and we spent the first ten minutes talking about the CFL draft. <laughs> yeah, we should have. Oh, damn. Next time. Next year. That's all right. Next Shout year. Shout out to Jake Burt. Hamilton's own number one pick. Let's go, Jake. Let's go, Jake. All right, Brady. <laughs> hit us with a sign off. Great. <laughs> Your punts behind downside the ten. Let's go, Panthers. Let's go.